Welcome back, podcast family. Today, we start a brand new focus on dreams. We're going to cover questions like, are dreams from God or are they just the result of bad pizza? Are dreams in the Bible? What do I do when I have a dream? And what does my dream mean? And so much more. Don't forget to subscribe, to rate and review this podcast because this helps us help more people. So thanks so much for doing that. Now let's get straight into today's teaching. Alrighty, well, welcome back, everybody, as we continue on this little mini collection focused on your dreams. And as prophetic people, as followers of Jesus Christ, biblically, dreams is one of the main ways that God communicates with his people. So today we're going to talk about what's the purpose of our dreams and why does God communicate with us this way? Well, firstly, dreams can be to build our faith. And do you know that you don't even have to be the one who has the dream for your dream, for your faith to be built through dreams? That was very confusing, but you get my drift. If you want to see how this works, check out the account in Judges chapters 6 to 8. You can follow the story through there. It's a great example of Gideon came, approached to camp, and he heard a man telling a dream to his comrade. And in hearing this, Gideon's faith was actually built to obey what God had told him to do. And we can also have our faith built by reading other people's dreams from the Bible, each other's dreams, let alone our own dreams. When we have a dream of what it is that God wants to do with us in and through us, it makes us very bold. Think about Joseph. He had the dreams of a vision of the future, telling his brothers like there's no tomorrow, being all bold about it. So dreams can be to build our faith. Secondly, here's an interesting one. God can impart faith for healing in dreams. You know, I read a story about a lady who had a terminal illness that left her so unwell and she was actually in a wheelchair as a result. And one day while she was convalescing, she had a dream where she was watching a television evangelist in a white suit with a foreign accent, calling people forward in wheelchairs for healing. And this was not even something she knew if she believed in, but she dreamt it and was so vivid. And so she woke up from her dream and looked at the TV and right there was the man in the white suit and the foreign accent inviting people to come to his upcoming healing crusade in her city. And it was, of course... Reinhard Bonnke. And so because of the dream, she bought a ticket and went along. And you can guess the rest of the story because you're prophetic people. He called for people in wheelchairs to come forward and she was miraculously healed. Come on. All through a dream. My own brother-in-law was healed through a visionary dream encounter when he was having an MRI with lesions on his brain and spine. He had a visionary dream where he was falling off the edge of a cliff. A large hand caught him and pulled him back up. It was Jesus rescuing him and he gave his life to Christ and then was miraculously healed. All lesions of his spine and brain completely gone. The third purpose of dreams is that dreams can reveal secrets and answer questions. Daniel chapter 2 verses 28 to 29 is a great example of this where God gave guidance to King Nebuchadnezzar. Let's have a look at that together. We read that there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. And Daniel goes on to interpret the king's dreams. God was giving guidance to King Nebuchadnezzar through dreams. 
Fourth purpose of dreams. Dreams can give us guidance. In Matthew 2 verse 12, the wise men were warned not to return to Herod. And you and I can receive warnings from God out of love in our dreams. The fifth purpose of dreams is to correct us. God sometimes will use a dream to correct a faulty belief or a stronghold or a determination in our heart and in our life and to correct us and put us back on course. And he's done that many times in my life. Number six is prophetic guidance. I love that in Genesis 28 verses 12 to 15, we read that he dreamed, Jacob dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I'm the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. This was God renewing covenant in a dream with Jacob. It's flipping epic. Dreams, purpose number seven, disclosure, something for now or for something in 20 years. And we see this in the life of Joseph again. We've mentioned him several times where God showed him something in a dream that didn't come to pass for several years. And what we can learn from the life of Joseph is be careful who you disclose the disclosure to. That's the biggest lesson out of Joseph's life. And number eight is salvation. People can get saved in dreams. Dreams can bring people to Jesus. And I shared the story of my brother-in-law before, found salvation through a dream. So what do we do when God gives us a dream? Well, as applies to any time we hear God's voice, we need to value his message to us. We need to steward the dreams that God gives us. And I found that dependent on how I steward the dreams, that actually determines how many dreams he will give me. For example, nobody likes to spend time with that friend who asks you a question and then doesn't actually listen to your answer. Well, God's likely to speak to you more if you're listening. We like to say you can have as much of Jesus' communication as you like, but he will not violate your free will. You will have as much of Jesus today as you wanted and as you hungered for him yesterday. So let's talk about how do we steward these dreams. The first thing is write it down. Now, I keep a notepad and a pen beside my bed so that I can write it down in the middle of the night or first thing when I wake up in the morning before you hit that fully conscious state. And when we're writing it down, there's a few things we should remember. Remember or write down as much detail as you can. And even if you think the detail's insignificant, it's probably not. And as you go about your day, add in as many details as you can. Keep returning to it and writing it down. Another thing to write down is how did the dream make you feel? Like, did you feel anxious? Were you happy? Were you fearful? Were you sad? You should write down how the dream made you feel. So for example... One person might have a dream where they're falling off a cliff into the water, right? And for that person, depending on how that dream makes them feel, would determine whether or not the dream was about coming into a new season of freedom, free falling, or whether you were feeling out of control and processing that dream. And so the feeling of anxiety that the person was having would indicate that they were feeling out of control, whereas a feeling or an emotion of happiness or free falling or excitement would indicate that the message of the dream was you're coming into a season of freedom. So you can see through that simple example why feelings are important. Another one might be 
A person dreams that they're floating out beyond the waves on the ocean, just floating on the ocean. Now, if a person feels fear when they dream that, it could be that they feel like their life is getting pulled somewhere that they have no control over. However, you could dream the exact same dream and floating out deep on the water could be your favorite thing to do. And so that dream could be about coming into a season of rest and peace and joy. So it's all based on the emotion you feel, which is why it's important we write down how did the dream make you feel. Another thing to write down is anything you remember about color. Was it black and white or was it very vivid color? If you just look at the Old Testament and the building of God's temple, you'll see color is very important to God. Very, very important. And so God can be communicating to you through the colors that are in your dream. So I always ask people things like, is that color significant to you? Like, is it your favorite color? Is it your mum's favorite color? Your dad's favorite color? Color is important to God. He could have painted the world black and white, but he didn't. He painted it in color and he painted it masterfully. So write down anything you remember about color. Write down anything about who appeared in the dream. Who were all of the people in your dream? So for example, sometimes I'll have a silent observer on the side of my dream, like they're watching the scene. And normally that means for me that they're the person who is going to be able to interpret the dream for me. But just write down everyone who's in the dream, because sometimes you might have a dream for another person. Write down everyone who's in it. It's part, a very important part of your processing. Also write down, was there anything that you just knew in your dream, even though you didn't see it? So you might just know that you know this dream is not for me, even though you are in the dream. <laughs> you might know who the dream's for, even though the other person's not in the dream. Or you might know that you know that you know this dream is about your future, even though the dream doesn't indicate that. So was there anything that you just knew in your dream? Perhaps there's a person in your dream and you just know they're not a good person. That's the Holy Spirit giving you an instant transference of knowledge through your dream. So write down anything that you just knew. And finally, write down anything you sensed in the dream. Like, did you sense that this was a good dream? Did you sense that this was a warning dream? Did you sense trepidation or fear? Or did you sense foreboding? What did you sense in the dream? Did you sense peace? Write that down. It all helps you to interpret. So first step is write down. Second step, pray over the dream. Ask God to help you understand what he's saying to you. One of my favorite tools for interpreting dreams is using the law of first mention. What do I mean by that? This is a theological principle that the first time something appears in the Bible is the foundational way we understand that concept from then on. So we think about this like um, I applied this to dream interpretation a couple of years ago. I had been praying to God and asking him to help me disciple my three boys. I've got three sons and they were coming into their teen years. And I just was like, God, you need to give me specific wisdom for each of my kids. Now I have this dream, not recognizing it was connected to that prayer until I processed it later, that each of my three boys went out with their father. They came home and he had bought each of them a pet snake, which for me is a literal nightmare. And in the dream, they were each showing me their pet snake and I could see very vividly what each of their snakes was like and how individual and different they were. And one was small and dangerous. One was a large python that I was worried it was going to strangle my son. And the other one was uh, unusually small. And when I um, prayed and wrestled with this dream, I went back to the first place in the Bible, we see a snake, which is when the snake comes and accuses or attempts to steal from Eve, 
she says to the snake, oh, I want to be like God, not even realizing that in that deception, she was already like God. An enemy was accusing and deceiving her. And in that dream, what God was showing me was giving me a key to disciple my boys. What the enemy was accusing them of attempting to steal, kill and destroy from them was indicated through the size and the color and the nature of each of the snakes they held. And I was then able to disciple my boys, a key to their heart that there's no other way I could have known except through the law of first mention and through this dream. How incredible is God? Another thing I like to do is once I've written it down and prayed over it, I read the dream out loud. Now, I'm an auditory processor. I like to externally process. So sometimes as you dream your uh, read your dream out loud, some things will just drop into place as you hear yourself saying it out loud. And then finally, this is the final step, not the first step, use some reference tools. So a great one is the divinity code, which will be able to tell you what some colors and some common symbols mean. But I want you to remember that Daniel actually warred for weeks to understand the meaning of dreams. And God was doing something in Daniel as he wrestled to understand the meaning. In Daniel 8.15, we read, when I, Daniel, had seen the vision, I sought to understand it. Now, he didn't have the divinity code. He just had his relationship with God. He didn't even have the Holy Spirit inside of him then, the author of dreams. And so I want to encourage you, embrace the wrestle. Don't always go to the tools straight away. It's We live in a very instant culture. I need it now or I need it yesterday. But embracing the wrestle of scripture and embracing the wrestle of what God might be saying to us often prepares us to live underneath the weight of the fulfillment of the communication. All right, let's talk about types of dreams. Um, Before I go through the types of dreams and what some of them might mean, I want to make it clear that there actually are no universal standard interpretations for things in our dreams. Each of us will develop our own dream vocabulary and God will speak to you within that. And as we read the Bible, we learn God's symbolic language. So God often used common symbols to communicate a certain thing to his people. So read the Bible and understand his symbols. But God also works within the framework of your personality. So in the same way that when God speaks to us as individuals, he often uses language that's both consistent with his nature and yet effective for our personality, he does the same with dreams. You know when someone's prophesying over you and they say, I don't know if this means anything to you, and they name an object or a symbol that's very personal to you from your childhood? That's because God wants you to know he sees you and he knows every detail of your life individually. And so he'll often use symbols in your dreams that are, that are specifically meaningful to you. And you should ask, how does that symbol make me feel? If it does remind you of your time in your childhood, was it a happy time? Was it a sad time? What was happening at that time when you owned that bicycle? God is putting them in there on purpose. So the first dream I want to talk about is a processing dream. These are dreams where we process thoughts, feelings, hopes, and fears. And these are the kind of the dreams that normally increase during times of stress or crisis like COVID. They help us sort through our feelings. And these things often occur in our dreams because our filters and our walls are down and we can process freely. And they can even make us aware of blind spots. So I'm going to give you some common examples of processing dreams. This is from Dan McCollum, but I do want you to remember there's no universal language, okay? But here's some common ones. You might dream of being chased. This could be about running away from a problem. You might dream that you're unable to find a toilet, like you're busting. busting. This could be about having trouble expressing your needs in a certain situation or relationship. 
I've had this one before where I'm naked in public. This could be about the fact that you're feeling exposed or wrongly accused, wrongly accused and you're processing that. Another dream could be you feel unprepared for an exam that you're sitting in. This could be about a lack of confidence to advance to the next stage. A dream of flying. This could be about letting go and soaring above obstacles. Falling. This could be about insecurity or anxiety about a life situation. Driving an out-of-control vehicle. This could be fear of things outside of your control. Dreaming of somebody in a uniform. This could be about authority on that person. Finding an unused room. This could be about new outlooks and abilities, a new beginning in life. Being late in your dream can be about anxiety over change or an overloaded schedule. Teeth falling out. People have this one all the time. Or teeth breaking. This could be anxiety or fear over your appearance, rejection or embarrassment. You could dream about being pregnant. Hopefully female if you're dreaming that. Or if you're a man, you might be holding a newborn baby. This could be about a desire to start a new creative project or parenting someone or something. People often dream about meeting a celebrity. This could reveal what talent the dreamer most values or their need for recognition. Or you could have romantic dreams. This could be about friendship, partnership or similar giftings. So there's some of the processing dream symbols. Let's talk about symbolic dreams as these are all tied together in some ways, this is when God speaks to us through symbolic information to give instruction, direction, understanding or warning. And they're very common because one symbol can communicate a thousand words, often with much more profound impact than words can convey. If I say to you right now, think about the symbol of the cross of Christ. We've all got that symbol of those two beams crossing one another. And that communicates a thousand words. It communicates love, grace, forgiveness, acceptance, sacrifice, humility, uh, humiliation, injustice. It's a Roman symbol, like a thousand words that go with that one symbol. And each symbol in your dreams could represent a feeling, a mood, a memory. Dan McCollum talks about how symbols speak to multiple levels of the brain, the soul, and the spirit. And this is why they're so powerful. And we actually can see many symbolic dreams in scripture. Genesis 28, 12, we've got Jacob's ladder. Genesis 37, 1 to 10, Joseph's grain stands up while 11 bow down. The sun, moon, and the stars bow down to Joseph. Genesis 40, the cupbearer's three branches and the baker's three baskets. Genesis 41, Pharaoh's cows and Pharaoh's storks. Judges 7 verse 13, Gideon, the runaway barley loaf in the Midianite's dream. It's whack stuff, right? But they're symbols that God's speaking through. Daniel 2, Nebuchadnezzar's statue. Daniel 4, Nebuchadnezzar's tree. Daniel 7, Daniel's four beasts. These are all symbolic dreams throughout scripture. Okay, another type of dream is a direct message dream. My favorite. You don't have to do any work. They're easy. So these are dreams that include an encounter with God or an angel of the Lord. And they can easy they can either be there's two basic types where an angelic visitation or appearance or a physical manifestation of Jesus in a dream. The second is a direct expression of the voice of the Lord or an angel of the Lord where the identity is known without a visual appearance or seeing who is speaking. And examples of these kinds of dreams. I'm not going to go through them all now, but I'm going to give you the scripture references so you can look them up later. We mentioned some of them earlier. So for example, Samuel had two of these, one where he received wisdom um, in a communication in a dream. And in that other very famous passage, if my people who are called by my name will fall on their knees and humble themselves and seek my face and pray, 
That message came in a dream. You can also look up 1 Kings 3, 5, 1 Kings 9, 2, 2 Chronicles 7, 12, Matthew 1, 20 to 21, Matthew 2, 13 to 15, Matthew 2, 18 to 21. These were direct message dreams. Then there are auditory night encounters. And the best example of this is when Samuel was called by God. Remember, he was laying down asleep in Genesis 46 and he hears a voice calling him and he thinks it's Eli. So he keeps going to him. But Eli in his wisdom realizes that the third time it's actually God calling you in the night. That was an auditory night encounter. Here are some other ones from scripture. Daniel 2.19, 1 Samuel 3, 1 to 18, Acts 18, 9 to 10. Actually, Samuel's encounter is 1 Samuel 3, 1 to 18, but Genesis 46, 2 to 3 is a separate auditory night encounter. So God speaks symbolically and directly in dreams, and they don't necessarily need to be interpreted because they are literal, but people often still need confirmation, affirmation, counsel, and follow through. So we need to pay attention to dreams that stay with you or seem to carry a weight or message. So some final questions to ask about interpreting you and other people's dreams, which are different than previous questions that you ask when recording your dreams. When you're finally coming to a conclusion about what God might be saying, ask yourself this, what's the main point of the dream? How did I feel during the dream? What was the main theme of the dream? What metaphors were used in the dream? And you can find that from everything you recorded when you wrote your dream down. So closing thoughts. On this, our little mini collection on dreams. Think about it. If the characters in the Bible had ignored the guidance they received specifically through dreams, there would be no Isaac, no Israel, no Solomon's kingdom, less understanding of future world events, and no Jesus. No Jesus, no salvation, no salvation, no release of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad? that somebody took their dreams seriously. And so now I want to pray for you and encourage you to do the same. Maybe you're here saying, oh, Stacey, I never dream. Well, ask him to start giving you dreams and who knows what might happen. Also, if you don't dream, uh, we're not going to go into this today, but look at your nighttime routine and perhaps just pray a prayer just like I'm about to pray for you each night before you go to sleep and ask God to communicate with you this way. So God, I just thank you for every listener of the podcast today, every home, car, mind and heart that this content is going into. I thank you that you do communicate to us in dreams. I thank you. It's one of the primary ways you communicated with your people in the word of God, in scripture, throughout our history and today. I pray for every listener who dreams a lot, give them wisdom and the ability to interpret what it is you are saying to them. For those who never dream but want to, I ask you to communicate with them this way. You said in Acts 2 that in the last days which we are living in, that we would dream dreams. We want to dream your dreams. Speak to us in the night hour. Show us the mysteries of the kingdom. Show us the heavenly and the kingdom realm. Show us the secrets of your heart. Uncover things in our hearts in our dreams. Give us prophetic messages that build your church in dreams. We want to dream with you and for you. We break fear with previous encounters of night terrors. I pray right now you'd break fear of people's lives right now in the name of Jesus and bring an openness and a trust in you 
that you are the Lord of every area of our lives, including our dreams. Speak to us in dreams. And I look forward to hearing God of all that you share with your sons and your daughters in this one of your main ways to communicate. And we give you all the glory, the honor, and I offer thanksgiving and worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here as part of our mini little collection on dreams. Next week, we are going to talk about all things, probably my favorite topic ever, the Sabbath. Oh, I sprung that on you. Didn't tell you that was coming, but that's what's happening in our next episode. We're going to start another small little collection on the Sabbath. Can't wait to talk to you real soon. Love ya. Love ya.